And Heather said that 93-year-olds could get on the slip and slide. I thought, Bob, that might disqualify you. You're 94. <laughs> but, but I'd love to see you on the slip and slide. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to figure this out. Maybe, maybe we can convince them to raise the age. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have a talk to the leadership and see if we can get that handled. <laughs> I know somebody. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it fixed. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, uh, I also have an announcement I want to I let you know about. Um, a lot of things coming up. One of the things that's coming up, uh, not, not this coming week, but the following week, the week of July 19th, is a week of joy. And um, we are excited to have uh, some friends of ours with us. I want to tell you a little bit about Week of Joy. You'll see the promo. I don't know if they have the slide or not up there. But uh, anyway, you'll see it around. Uh, but it starts on uh, Tuesday. The women are going to have uh, a Bible study, or, or not a Bible study, but a meeting, a women's meeting here at the church, Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. That's the 20th, I think. Uh, so they'll be here at the church on the 20th, Wednesday night, midweek, refresh at 7 Friday night, or excuse me, Friday during the day, the women have a lunch. Friday night, we have evangelism training. Saturday, we're going out on the streets, and then Sunday, church. Now, we have some friends of ours that are coming in. They're going to be part of all of this, uh, so we're super excited to have them. You will love their ministry, their their testimonies. It's just, they're a riot. So anyway, uh, but but Deborah, uh, the Pastor Deborah McNabb and Nancy Alonzo are going to be with us. Those of you, some of you went with us. Uh, to uh, New Orleans a few years ago, and uh, Nancy, Pastor Nancy ministered in one of our groups. Uh, but anyway, you'll love them. Uh, Deborah, I'll let her tell her story, but um, I'll just give you a quick snippet. She was a, a stripper on Bourbon Street, and uh, her daughter got picked up by the bus, and she started coming to church at Victory Church, where we were pastors. She started coming to church. Mom came in, got born again got delivered, set free. She'll have to tell you all the details. Um, but she's got quite the story. You'll love them and, uh, and their ministry. So that starts, Week of Joy starts the week of the 19th. So it starts with Tuesday morning, women's meeting, and then uh, Wednesday night, midweek, we're fresh. We'll be here for service in, in here. Um, that's the week that care groups are to launch. So if you have a small group that's starting that week, um, we're all going to get together. All of our groups are going to get together and launch with a week of joy as we launch our care group. So it's going to be a great time, and uh, I hope that you put, your, put it on your calendar, block it off. If you're one of the ladies, mark off those women's events on Saturday. <clears throat> they do, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Pastor Deborah, Pastor Nancy take teams out all over the world to do ministry out on the streets you will love their training. Matter of fact, we've been, uh, Pastor uh, Nancy was one of our leaders. Um, we, when we, this is a funny story, many of you know our uh, engagement story. Heather and I were dating, aw, and we were, um, <coughs> we were, we were dating, and uh, I was going to propose, many of you know the proposal story, and I wanted it to be special, and so I actually worked out with Pastor Nancy to, uh, to show up in Paris on their layover in Paris on the way back from a missions trip in Bulgaria to propose under the Eiffel Tower. So, so those that uh, know that story, Pastor Nancy is the one who was a part of that. And uh, so you'll enjoy, uh, if they have stories, I'm sure they'll tell on us too. But anyway, <laughs> that's another thing. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, you can go to Psalms chapter 1. 
Over the next few weeks, I want to take a little bit of a journey through Psalms, diving, diving into the book of Psalms. The Psalms is so rich, and I want to encourage you uh, to dive in with us, to study in your personal time the book of Psalms. You know, this week as I was, um, Facebook has a way of bringing up memories. <laughs> maybe some good and maybe others not so good. But, uh, but I, had a, I had a memory that popped up this week on July 8th and, uh, from 2018. Had a lot of other memories that popped up this week, too, from, uh, from moving here. This will, July, is this the week? It is the week. This will be our, this would be our first Sunday. Um, how many, that's, we're going on eight years now. We just completed seven and we're starting eight. Um. Year of new beginnings. But this is the memory. I'll read it. And this was back from 2018. God has, and Alicia's here. And Alicia was a part of all of that as well. <laughs> it was good to see Alicia here. Even though she's living in Arizona and has forsaken us, has moved. <clears throat> we'll forgive her and her husband, Chris. We'll forgive them. <laughs> You know, it's funny, uh, just before I share this memory, thinking about memories, um, you know, it's funny thinking about Alicia and Chris because uh, in those first services, I, I remember, uh, sorry if I get, a, uh, as I reflect here, but I'm, I'm thinking back to some of those first services um, and Chris was getting just touched by the Lord with supernatural joy. And it was so funny because, uh, you know, here, Celebration never experienced anything like that at that point, and here's just a young guy who's getting absolutely whacked by the power of of God, and just just could not. He's he's still laughing, so that's good. And uh, <laughs> and 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 expansion of family and everything. It's just what I'm thinking about that um, prophetic word uh, in in a. Do sees, you know, sometimes God shows up when we when we least expect him. Even maybe when we don't want him to show up. <laughs> Even when we don't want him to do what he says he's gonna do, he shows up. And uh, you know, I, I think about Chris and Alicia and they had a, another baby and that just all that whole season. So y'all have to ask her about that. But that was a incredible season. But anyway, uh, 2018, just reading through the the memories here. God has definitely interrupted church as usual at Celebration Church. I'm spending most of my days in absolute astonishment and awe lately. I've been physically unable to focus to do much more than pray and worship and share what God is doing. Today is no different. We just want more of Him. Expecting great things on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday this week as we continue on what the Lord is doing. I hope you can join us. More than what is happening, I'm amazed by His presence. In the words of one of the teens today, wow, most of our staff and leadership have been absolutely broken and spend a lot of time weeping before God at his holiness. Our entire worship team was awake at 2 a.m. this morning as God was stirring each of them. Just walking through the sanctuary puts me under a pew. Uh, I don't know if you remember that season. Some of you were here, some of you weren't um, back in 2018, and um, things were... The presence of the Lord was uh, 
so heavy and what he was doing was so intense during that season. Um, literally, you know, you, it, it was we would laugh, but people would be out vacuuming the foyer on the floor. They couldn't vacuum, couldn't even clean the building because so just being overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord here and what he was doing. You would walk by, if, if any of these doors were open, and you would walk by, God help you, to try to get by the sanctuary. Because it, it was like there was an unseen force draw, that would just draw you into the sanctuary. It was the presence of the Lord. And uh, those services, I think about the services and what God was doing. And I, I'm not sharing this just to reminisce. I'm saying that uh, that was what the Lord was doing. We were seeing that even happen up to COVID. You know, when before things had to, you know, we had to make some changes with COVID and such. But that was, that was what was happening in the church. And so my encouragement to you is what we've seen happen over the past few weeks is, is a coming back to some of those things that the Lord has really stirred in this church and what he's doing. And I just want to encourage you. I was encouraged when I read that. I was challenged, actually, as I read that to say, Lord, do it again. Lord, we want, we want you to show up in an unprecedented way. Again, and I just want to encourage you to keep pressing in, keep worshiping, keep coming, expecting, uh, keep stepping in. It, those those moments, um, I remember talking to Pastor Frank or trying to talk to Pastor Frank in that season, and he, we were just touching base. He said, "I see, you know, what's happening in in the church and what's going on." So I'm trying to explain. I I don't know. I can't tell. I can I can barely talk. I can barely talk there that season. What God was doing because it was so overwhelming. And um, his friend, I'd sit in my office. I would go to to do work. I, I'm going to get to my notes in a moment, but I would sit. I would sit in my office. Some of you think I'm crazy. I'm sure, but that's okay. It won't be anything new. But but I I, w- I would sit in my office to go prep for a message or study or respond to emails. And literally, it was just like Holy Ghost day. I I could barely function, and that was for weeks. And we were doing. Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, Sunday night services, and we did that for, for 13, 14 weeks, every every week of just prayer and worship and ministry and God moving. And so uh, I I want to encourage you, I, you know, as I'm thinking about uh, Deborah and um, Nancy coming, you know, in a, in a week or so, and uh, just all the Lord's been doing, just get just prepare yourself, whether it's through fasting or prayer or getting in the word. Lord, what are you doing in me? What are you doing in our church? And just tune in and let's just see what the Lord will do. Amen. Amen. Psalms chapter one. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. Everybody say his delight. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. This morning, I want to share a message entitled, The Way of Righteousness. 
You know, a couple of weeks ago, Heather and I were out bike riding, and as we're, as we're going down the path, we got to this particular place on the path. Uh, we were headed back home. We'd been out riding. We'd get to this place in the path where it split. You could go to the left or you could go to the right. And the sign said, if you go to the right, you go to our house. And we knew where the, we had come from the way on the left. So we just thought, well, let's, I said, let's try a new way. It couldn't hurt, right? Let's just go down the right. Over the hills and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. I didn't realize that that path was probably twice as long, took us a completely different way, and we were already tired. Have you ever been there in life where you find yourself, oh, well, what could it hurt? We'll just go down this path and we'll try it out. And uh, we, we learn not to go that path, or at least if we go that path to prep ourselves before we go that way in the future. But here we find in Psalms chapter 1, the Lord lays out before his people two paths, the paths of the righteous and the path of the ungodly. We see the, prog the progression of the righteous and the progression of the ungodly. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse uh, 15, God says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commandments, decrees, and laws. Then what, what does it say? Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. So the Lord has set before you and I a, a righteous path, and a, there's an ungodly path. And so if we choose the path of righteousness, if we continue on in the path of righteousness, we'll see the blessing of the Lord. Not only does he lay the path out for us, but he lays the destination of each. The righteous shall prosper in whatever they do, but the ungodly will be blown away like chaff. In Psalms 23, the Bible says that the Lord leads me in paths of righteousness. So it is, it, it is imperative that you and I surrender to the righteous work of Christ in our life. It is impossible in our own strength and our own ability to live the righteous life that's laid out before us. It is the work of God in the soul of man. It is surrendering to the great shepherd who leads us in paths of righteousness. He leads us for his name's sake. Everybody say that, his name's sake. That's so powerful. It's not, it's not according to my righteousness. It's not according to my reputation. It's his reputation, his name, his glory that's on the line. So when we delight ourselves, the Bible says, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. When we find our joy in him, when we delight in him, he gets the glory, we get the joy. You get happified, he gets glorified. That's what happens when the, when the work of righteousness, when the work of Christ and his righteousness is being worked out in your life. When you're in surrenderance to the Lord, saying, Lord, I want to delight in you, we get the blessing, he gets the glory. It says, blessed is the man. That word there, blessed is the man, it's like blessed is that man. That man, the one man who lives above all others, that, that man, the one in a thousand who says, I am going to fulfill that thing which God created my life for. I am going to live delighting myself in the Lord. That man is blessed. That woman is blessed. That person that says, I'm going to live in the abundance of the Lord. I'm going to delight myself in his righteousness. That man is blessed. 
That woman is blessed. Do you want to live a blessed life? you want to live an overcoming life? Live a life that's delighting in his righteousness. The blessed life, the happy life. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. Happy is the man who doesn't keep bad company. Happy is the man who doesn't walk in the path or the counsel or the, the wisdom of the wicked. That man is happy. That woman is happy. I want to live a happy life. I want to live an abundant life. That, that word blessed reminds me, if you go to Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says blessed is. Blessed is. It's the multiplied blessings of the Lord. When you live in the righteousness of God and delight yourself in His righteousness, the multiplied blessings of the Lord come on your life. We see here the, the curse of the ungodly, but when we live in the righteousness of God, He blesses us and the multiplied blessings come upon us. He says that uh, blessed is the man who walks not in the council. And verse 2 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. He shall meditate day and he shall meditate on the law day and night. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the water. So not only are we blessed, but we're planted. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm planted. You're the planting of the Lord. You're the planting of the Lord. Psalms 92, 13 says, They are planted in the house of the Lord, and they flourish in the courts of our God. Isaiah 61.3 says that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. You're an oak of righteousness, planted of the Lord, flourishing in the courts of our God. So what happens when we're planted? Number one, we're rooted. In order to be planted, your roots have to go down deep. Where are you rooted? You know, are our our spiritual roots going down deep? Are we rooted in the word of the Lord? I'm looking for my water. This isn't my water. (coughs) I don't want to drink somebody else's water. Give me so much stuff. I'm blessed. I've got an abundance. I can't carry it. You're rooted in the house of the Lord. It means you're stable. You're not tossed to and fro in the wind. The Bible says in James not to be tossed by every wind of doctrine. And when we're rooted, we're not caught up in every passing wind of doctrine. The Bible says that the ungodly are like chaff that the wind drives away. So we're not like the ungodly caught up in the wind, blown by every wind, every doctrine. But we're rooted in the word of the Lord. When we're planted We're fruitful. The Bible says here in verse 3 that it brings forth its fruit in its season. So we're fruitful. This is, it takes us to John chapter 15. If we abide in Christ, if we abide in him, that we're fruitful. We can do nothing without him, Jesus said. So our fruitfulness is dependent upon being connected to the vine, being rooted, being planted in God, and fruitfulness is the result. You can't make fruit happen in your life. A lot of times we strive over the fruit that we produce. The spiritual fruit that you produce is directly connected to who you're rooted to. My job is to stay rooted. His job is to bring the fruit. I, I got to be rooted. He's the fruit. He, never mind. I'm trying to make something out of nothing there. You got to stay patiently 
enduring like a tree rooted. When the storms of life happen, you're rooted in Christ. When things happen that challenge your faith, you're rooted in Christ. When life happens, you're rooted and the fruit is produced by your root. What does John 15 teach us about the, the, the unfruitful? The unfruitful vines are what? They're cut down and thrown out into the fire. Jesus, on his way into Jerusalem, found the fig tree that wasn't producing fruit, and he cursed it, and it withered and died. So he's, he's all about fruit, and if, if, there's a, if fruit is going to be produced in our life, it happens because we abide in the vine. We're rooted in his righteousness. Blessed is the man that delights in the law of the Lord. Blessed is the man who finds joy in the law of the Lord. Because he, that man, that woman, is rooted in God, rooted in righteousness. The, the delight that's talked about there is not just a simple, um, I, I'm, I'm just going to um, have fun in this. The delight there, it's a loving embrace and craving of the soul. That there is such a craving and desire in your heart for the law of the Lord. That it's the one thing that fulfills you. It's the one thing that completes you. It's like having a, a you know, if you ever have a craving for something, it's like, I, I, I really have to have that thing to fill the craving. That's the delight in the law of the Lord that God is stirring. You know, that's a gift. I said that's a gift. That's not something. The hunger for righteousness, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount that we just referenced. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is a gift of the Lord to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Your carnal self doesn't wake up in the morning saying, oh, I want more of his presence. Your carnal nature doesn't wake up and say, oh, I see God. Look at, look at his creation. Look at the beauty of the Lord in his creation. No, that's a spiritual gift. It's the work of God in your heart that wakes up and says, thank you, Jesus, for another breath in my lungs. That's the work of God. It's the work of God to look at creation and his beauty and say, Lord, thank you when you spoke and this was created. I get to enjoy your handiwork. That's the work of God in your life. So we stay rooted, we stay rooted in his righteousness. So when you're out on the trails, you're out riding your bike, or you're out doing whatever you do and work, and you see the creation of the Lord, it reminds you of the righteous work of God in your life. We don't worship the tree and the birds and all those things, but we look at them and say, wow, those things remind me of the righteous work. That bird singing in the tree reminds me of how faithful the Lord is to me. That if he cares about that bird, how much more does he care about me? If he cares about that little bunny jumping across my path, riding down the, how much more does the Lord care about me? When you're at work, when you're going through life and things happen, you're reminded of the righteous work that's being rooted, it's being planted, it's delighting and it's craving the law of the Lord. Most people uh, don't crave the law. Let me, let me talk about the, the oxymoron that exists here the, in this passage, the, to crave the law of the Lord. Uh, most of you probably don't go out and say, I hope a, a police officer pulls me over today. Right? I, I, I hope I, I, you know, I just really love the law so much I get to interact with it today. 
That's not what we say. And we don't say that. Why? Because it's under the curse. We don't, when we talk about the law, delighting in the law of the Lord, we're not talking about the law of the curse that tells us where we did wrong or what we messed up. I delight in the law. I've been set free. The Bible says in Romans 8, 2, that I am no longer under the law of sin and death. I'm no longer under the curse, but I, I am under the law of the life, the uh, law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That the law that I operate by is a, is a law that has set me free, has brought liberty in my life. It doesn't tell me everything I've done wrong. It tells me how I'm forgiven. It tells me how I've been justified. It tells me how I have life and joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. The law that I'm operating under tells me about the goodness of God. It tells me where I've broken the law. Absolutely, you can't have justification without understanding the condemnation, the guilt that comes from the broken law that you broke. See, the problem with modern grace messages, they try to move away from the fact that you actually did break the law. We can go down the every Ten Commandment, right? We can just go to there. Let's just start there. The law. You broke. And the Bible says if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all. So the guilt of your sin is upon you. But because of the grace of God, because of his mercy, you have now come into agreement, into a covenant under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has set you free from the law of sin and death. You're no longer looked at saying, well, you broke that. You, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Shame, guilt, condemnation. You're under a law that says you're forgiven. You're justified. You're a child of God. You have a different law operating in your life. So when David says, I delight in the law, I find joy. I crave knowing that I've been justified in Christ, not by the works of righteousness by which I've done. They fail. But because Christ has imputed his righteousness to me. So I delight. David says, I delight. I find joy and I crave the law. Why? Because that's where I find my identity. That's, find, that's where I find my healing. That's where I find my restoration. That's where I find liberty in that. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So he says, I'm, I'm like a tree planted. I'm fruitful. My leaf doesn't wither. You know, the effects of sin are, are upon us all. The, the, heat, the, the heat that's on the trees, it causes their leaves to wither. It's like the sin in our life. It will, the effects of sin will cause your life to shrivel up, wither up, and die. But that's why uh, in, in Acts 3.19 it says, Repent, the seasons of refreshing may come. Seasons of restoration, the effects of of the heat will be removed from your life. You know, we all have, you know, you look at our life, we all have effects from, from the sin of this world. We all have effects from the heat, the sin of this life, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, whether it's a, a spiritual, whatever. There's, there's hurts, there's hangups, there's brokenness, all of those things, but they are healed, they are restored. Our leaves don't wither when we're in the river of his presence. When you're planted in the river, when you're planted like a tree by the rivers of water, the refreshing presence of the Lord, the rivers of his presence bring refreshing to your life. They bring restoration to your life. In Joel chapter 2, 
It talks about all of the effects of sin, all the effects of the bondage, all the effects of the curse. But in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. The restoration comes from the spirit of the Lord. So when you're planted in the rivers of living water, your leaves are restored. There's not one thing in your life, there's not one act of mercy, there's not one act of kindness, there's not one thing that you do in your life that doesn't go without notice and without fruit. Every single thing in your life, every leaf, every fruit has a purpose in God's work in your life. You're healthy because of being planted in the rivers of living water. And then he says... Because your delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed is this man because he's delight in the law of the Lord and the meditation day and night. He says that whatever he does shall prosper. The Bible says in Ezekiel 47 that wherever the river goes, everything shall live. Everything you do shall prosper. Whatever you set your hand to do will prosper. When you look at the prosperity of the righteous, you see a person that has planted themselves in the righteousness of God. If your life is, if you woke up this morning and, and there's conflict and turmoil and issues in your life, then where are you planted? If you woke up this morning and things are, are in conflict and turmoil in your life, where have you rooted yourself because those who are planted in the rivers of water, those who delight in the law of the Lord, these, whatever they do, shall prosper. The blessing of the Lord is on their life. It doesn't mean that hardship won't come, but blessing, blessing is on it. I can go through a difficult season and be blessed. I can, you can, you can have just a few cents in your bank account and still be blessed. Because you know, here's what happens. And I'll just, I'll use finance as an example. You might just have a couple cents in your bank account, but like the widows might, you give what you have. And because you're under the blessing of the Lord, even what you give is blessed. That just, that just those couple of cents, you might, that might be all you give, but you give it, but it's under a blessing. When you give a glass of water, the Bible says it doesn't even go unnoticed in the name of the Lord. It is, is a testament. Even a couple, There's not one thing that you do as a believer operating in the righteousness of God that doesn't escape his blessing. I'm shouting a lot. I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting. I'm going to shout better than you preach here in a second. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's not one thing you can do as a believer in righteousness that can't escape the blessing of the Lord. It's one where you say, well, what am I going to tell my neighbor? I don't know what to say. Tell, tell him Jesus loves him. Tell him something. The Lord has a, but that even that one seed sown is under the blessing of the Lord. 
Why should you worry about whether or not they're getting born again when you tell them Jesus loves you? That seed sown is under the blessing of the Lord. He's going to handle it, I promise. You can't sow a seed without the blessing of the Lord on it. Everything you touch is blessed. Everything that you set your hand to is under the prosperity of the Lord. I want you to think about that. Now, now this, is, this is rooted in his delight is on the law of the Lord. He meditates day and night. And he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. But when you operate at that, there's not one thing you do that doesn't have the blessing of the Lord in the righteousness of God. Now, I'm not talking about you living like a heathen. I'm talking about living under the righteousness of God that it produces blessing and overflow in your life. If, you, if, you're, if you're looking at something in your life right now that is lacking, I'll, I'll just speak very plainly. If there's something in your life that's lacking in trouble and turmoil, you need to find out what the righteousness of God says about that. What is the delight? How do I delight in the law of the Lord on this? How do I delight in the rivers of God in this? I need to be planted in the law on this and watch the abundance that comes in your life when you do that. It's, it's simple. It, this, this is not hard. This is simple. You just, you have to delight yourself. Man, this, you, you know, you, you tell me I show up for, for a job and all I have to do is find joy in what I do. You mean all I, I just got to find the joy of the Lord in, in, in my job and it's blessed? You mean all I have to do is show up in my marriage and find the joy of the Lord in my marriage and my marriage is blessed? Holy cow, marriage counseling 101 right there. You have in marriage, I just set you free. Find joy in the Lord. Stop trying to fix your spouse. Just delight in God. <laughs> Changes everything, right? <clears throat> it works with your money too. Uh oh. <laughs> delight in the Lord with your money. It works. Every, it applies. Delight in the Lord. Every area it works, and when you do, you'll be blessed. I, I challenge you. Delight yourself in giving away your money. I do. Celebration Church, 688 Dan Street, Akron, Ohio. No, I, I, I'm serious. I am, I am absolutely, delight yourself in finding ways to give. Every area of your life, man, if you get this, the abundance of the Lord, the prosperity of God is on your life. What you sow, you shall Whatever he does shall prosper. We want the whatever he does shall prosper. We just don't want to turn loose. We don't want to be, you know, we don't want to do what it takes to get planted. We don't want to do what it takes to delight. But this is, this is so, Jesus said in John 15, these things I've spoken to you that my joy might be in you and that your joy may be You hear that? These things I've spoken to you that my joy might be in you and that your joy may be <clears throat> simple. Delight in the Lord and there's abundance in your life. 
So the lifestyle of the righteous is different than the lifestyle of the ungodly. <coughs> here we find the, the lifestyle of the righteous is right here, that they delight in the law of the Lord. There's a desire, there's a craving, there's a longing for the law of the Lord, and they meditate. Everybody say meditate. And they meditate on the law day and night. The word there in the Hebrew means to chew the cud. It means to chew, to consider, to ponder. It's a constant. And, and, and the, there's a deeper. So you can chew the cud. It's constant. You know, I, I know this is, I've said this before, and this is disgusting to hear it. But it's like the cows. You know, they're what? That's their con they spit it up and chew it and swallow it and chew it up and spit so that's what you're doing with the word. You're constantly, constantly chewing it. And it is also, secondly, the word mutter, to mutter or to chatter about. So instead, now, now don't get mad at me, but instead of chattering about other people, you start chattering about the Lord. You know, you can gossip about Jesus all you want. You can talk about the Lord all you want. And there's there and in the more that you do it, you're you're regurgitating and chewing on, you're meditating on the goodness of the Lord. You're meditating on the abundance of the Lord. Joshua 1 8 says, Meditate on it day and night, on the word of the Lord. Psalm 63 6 says, I will I will remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night. When you if you have trouble sleeping, here's a good practice for you. If you have trouble sleeping, get yourself um, an audio Bible or some scriptures on on audio or, you know, paint them on your ceiling, whatever you need to do. But just get the word of the Lord in front of you before you go to bed and meditate on the word of the Lord before you go to bed at night. Just meditate on the word of the Lord. And you know what? The reason why people can't sleep. Let me just pause. The reason why people can't sleep is because they're too busy meditating about things that produce anxiety and fear and strife. And they're, they're meditating on that before they go to bed. I know nobody here does that. But, but I've been there, and so I can tell you, if you meditate on those things, you ain't going to sleep. You're going to be tossing and turning all night. But when you meditate on the goodness of the Lord, it's the same principle. You know, kids who watch bad movies before they go to bed are up all night dreaming, all that, right? You know what I'm talking about? Because they've meditated, they've put bad things in their brain and in their spirit, and they need, the, they need you know, you got to pray in tongues over them and get them all, get all that stuff out. It's the same thing. Just start off with not putting in the bad. Meditate on God. Just start there, and you'll sleep at night. Philippians 4.8 says, think on these things. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Psalm 77.12, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. You know, the religious pontificate, but the, those who are really hungry ponder. The, the religious like to pontificate about what, they're, what they think. But, but the, oh, you know, this is, you know. But those who are hungry start pondering. Mary, when the angel showed up and said, she pondered. She kept those things close. She kept and meditated on who her son was. Meditate to ponder the works of the Lord and his mighty deeds. When's the last time you just thought about all the mighty works of the Lord in your life? You know, when you ponder on the problems, you end up having greater problems. 
And when you ponder on his works and the mighty deeds of the Lord, you start seeing the miracles in your life. Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. So when you delight in the law of the Lord, you crave the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and you meditate, you ponder, you consider those things. Where you set your mind, that's where you end up. Your destination is always determined by what you think. As a man thinks, so is he. Proverbs tells us so why but wherever you set your mind is where you're going to end up so if you keep thinking about the problems and the issues and, and and even let's go further if you're listening to the counsel of the ungodly you're standing in the path of the sinners you're sitting in the seat of the scornful if that's where your mind is set that's where you're going to end up you're going to you're going to end up in the seat of the mocker but when, you, but when you are delighting in God and meditating on Him, you end up in the place of blessing and prosperity. The unrighteous begin their journey here by walking in the wisdom of man, in the ungodly wisdom. The Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. They stand, they become fixated on the path of sinners. They fixate themselves on sinful activity. They fix themselves on, on a sinful lifestyle. They've heard the message, the wisdom, the counsel of the ungodly, and they become fixed on living a sinful life. They think about sinful things. Think about Eve in the garden. She, found, she, had, a, she had a desire for the fruit, and she became fixated on the fruit. We blame the serpent a lot, but she was there was a fixation. She was hanging out where she didn't need to be, but then she became fixated on the sin. What could be if I were to do this thing? And then began to sit in the seat of the scornful, or, or to sit in the place of the judger. Begin to sit and mock what everyone else is doing, thinking you can do it better, that they don't have it figured out, that you've... You've somehow figured it out. In your meager existence, you have it all figured out. But the righteous are not so. Their steps are ordered by the Lord. The righteous are not walking according to the counsel of the ungodly. They're walking. Their steps have been directed and ordered by the Lord. They keep godly fellowship. They don't maintain fellowship that corrupts good character. But they spend their time with the fellowship of believers, and they don't find pleasure in sin and mocking. The destination of the ungodly, the Bible says that they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. You can have the, the image of the wheat and the chaff that the, it's thrown up into the air, and the wind separates the wheat from the chaff. That's the ungodly. The, the wind of the Spirit separates the chaff, there's, there, there's no substance. The reason that chaff can be blown away is there's no substance. There's no depth. Did you hear what I said? The wicked are blown away because there's no substance. There's no depth. There's nothing in their life that anchors them or roots them to the righteousness of Christ. And they're easily driven by every wind of doctrine. They're easily driven by or, or blown away by the wind. The changing times, the changing landscape, the storms of life. 
quickly blow them away. But the godly are rooted and planted and prosperous and, and have fruit in its season. The Bible says in Luke chapter 3 and verse 17 that his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the day of judgment, Psalms 1, 5, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The godly will not be able to stand in the day of his judgment. The Bible says in Matthew 15, 13, that every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be uprooted. The righteous, those who delight in the law of the Lord, those who meditate in him, are rooted in and planted by the rivers of living water. The Lord has set before you and I today a path of righteousness. And it's the work of God in your life that continues you on that path. If you want to live in the abundance of the Lord and the prosperity of God, stay rooted, stay planted in the righteousness of God and watch the abundance of God break out in your life. Amen. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I crave the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'd stir a hunger in every person here this morning, a greater desire, a greater hunger to know to know the, the law, to know the contract, to know the agreement, to know what you have committed to us in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we've been liberated from the law of sin and death, that we operate under, under another law, that we've been brought in to the blessing of Abraham. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Find your joy in him. Find your joy in the Lord. You know, that's really what, you know, that's what sin is all about. It's the exchange of enjoyment in God for enjoyment in temporary pleasures. It's really what sin is. Sin is exchanging the joy in the Lord for something that's temporary. You try to fill your life with something that's, that's temporary. But his, his joy, His delight is eternal. Try, you, can, you can try to find joy in success. You can, you can try to find joy in titles and all those things. But they're temporary. But when you delight, and it doesn't mean that they're bad. Some of those things are good things. Having success in a career, having, you know, all of those things are good. But they're the byproduct of delighting in the Lord. Delight in Him first, and those things become sweeter. They become better. The prosperity of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord means, yeah, you can have the success, you can have the finances, you can have all those things, whatever, you know, the blessing of the Lord. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. 
You can have the you can have the blessing of the Lord in all of those areas, but not have joy. You you can lose your joy because you've delighted in things and not Him. But when you delight in Him, the abundance, the overflow happens. Those become added. They just that's the extra. He's the focus. Jesus. Father, I thank you for each person that's here today. Lord, you speak to them. Show them, Lord, ways to delight or things in our life where we need to find greater joy in you. If you're here this morning, every head bowed, eyes closed, if you're watching online, maybe you're here today, you're joining us online or in person and you've exchanged the joy of the Lord delighting in the law of the Lord and his goodness his righteousness you've you've exchanged that for trying to find your joy in the things of this life trying to find joy in relationships trying to find joy in in whatever pick your pleasure sin Today, the Lord's calling to you. He's calling to you right now, saying it's time to exchange. It's time to give up. It's time to lay down the pleasures of sin and pick up the, del- the heaven- heavenly delights. It's time to pick up the, the delicacy of heaven, the joy of heaven that will fill your soul for all eternity. You can keep feasting on the cookies or you can pick up the meat of his presence and his word. You just say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I need you to be my savior. I need your forgiveness right now. Just ask him, say, Lord, I need you. Forgive me. Wherever you're at, whether you're listening or watching, or you're here in the building, Lord, forgive me. I want you to be the Lord of my life, my Savior. Cleanse me. And right now as you do that, the Bible says that he makes all things new. Right now as you're praying, the Bible says that he's making you a new creation. He's making all things new. He's wiping away the past. He's changing your desires. If you're praying that, I want to tell you, you need to get planted in church. You need to get planted in the house of the Lord. Get in a small group. We have opportunities here. Maybe maybe you're tuning in from the other side of the world. Get planted in a Bible-believing church. And then secondly, you need to get water baptized. Make a public declaration. I'm following Christ. doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just means that you're starting a relationship with Him. The old is gone. The Bible says the old way of doing things, the old, the old way is gone, and He's making all things new. It's that simple, friend. It's that simple. Get planted and grow in the house of the Lord and watch what Jesus will do in your life. Father, thank you for your blessing on every person today. Lord, I thank you that they're going to have a blessed week. The abundance, the joy of the Lord is filling their house. The joy of heaven is abounding in everything they set their hand to. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord, for your abundance and goodness. Hallelujah. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Jesus.